It's summer in the big city and these big sounds take me back to five years ago. That was my first summer in New York City and internship here. Let me paint a picture for you. I moved to one of the most expensive cities in the world as one does to make minimum wage and find my career in the number one market for journalism. This was the thing of dreams. Make it in New York, they said, make it anywhere. And so I did, I was hungry. I picked up extra gigs and made my dollars stretch, saving every cent I could. But let's not romanticize this, because I was also incredibly lucky. Had I not received any pay that summer, I don't know I would still be here today. My family was not in a financial position to fund my move or stay, and earning minimum wage and navigating post-grad life without health insurance made personal finances a pretty big stress point. Surviving that summer, however, would grant me access to enter some of the biggest national newsrooms and grow my career in the years that followed. I share this because this is one narrative of many, one that exemplifies just how important internships and paid internships at that are for our students. More than half of graduating students who held an internship will receive a job offer by graduation. This isn't normal. To put that into context, less than 20% of students overall usually have a job offer on graduation day. That's according to a Rudolph Foundation report. And yes, students and graduates have a tough overall, but when you start looking at who gets paid, there are some glaring concerns. Women tend to engage in more unpaid internships than men, and only one-third of families can support students through unpaid opportunities. So what ends up happening? Our students are out there working second jobs just to make financial ends meet. They've graduated. They made it through all these hoops to get an unpaid internship and work multiple jobs. With Latinos and Black students holding lowest internship participation rates overall, we're going to talk about how our internships can better serve our students by starting to pay them. So on this week's Moneda Moves, we speak to Carlos Mark Vera, executive director and co-founder of Pay Our Interns. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Moneda Moves podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Alfaro, and here we'll be talking about Latinos, money, and our role in the American economy. I'm a multimedia producer living in New York City, and we're going to be covering Keeping Cuentas, or tabs on all things Latinos and money in the U.S., speaking with potentes, or the next generation of entrepreneurs, and monedita. How to put your money where your mouth is and support the Latino community. Welcome to the show. No te lo quieres perder. Pay our interns is very timely because right now would typically be a very exciting time for college students, summer intern season. However, because of the COVID pandemic, things have changed quite a bit. Now, Pay Our Interns is not a, a for-profit company. It's a nonprofit organization. So tell us a little bit about how it is that you work to ensure that interns are paid. So we started this organization in 2016. And I think we work in a mix of ways. One is storytelling. We think sharing people's stories is so powerful because there is a stigma attached to, you know, not be able to feed yourself because you're doing an unpaid internship. But if like, you know, like more people knew about, if more people knew that they weren't alone, that could really, you know, really change things. So it's storytelling. We do advocacy. 
you know, with members of Congress and stuff like that. And then the third part is we also like serve as a resource. So it's like, okay, once you've pushed an organization to say, yes, we'll pay, how does that actually look like? What are the logistics? So those are kind of the three things that we do. And tell me a little bit more about these organizations that you work with to get their interns paid. So we work mostly with like the nonprofit and, you know, like government agencies We're most known for Congress, but it's a different way. So like sometimes we'll have organizations reach out and say, Hey, we don't offer paid internships, but we want to, you know, can we set up a time to talk? Right. And we literally would go, you know, step by step, like, okay, these are the options. So that's one thing people should know is obviously the more is the better, but like, we don't have an exact amount that you should be paying. I think there should be thresholds, right? But we're about flexibility because, you know, some nonprofits probably don't have the same money as, you know, Fairmont Wall Street, so on and so forth. Um, so we work around, like, these are the types that you can do. I can go in depth if not, but like, yeah, basically you can do that. And then once you do that, these are some things that you should keep in mind. So I'll give you a quick example. We worked with a nonprofit in San Francisco called Emerge America. They help women run for office. When they were coming up with their stipend, one thing that we said is you should have a sliding scale stipend and make it more if they're coming out of state. Because, you know, if you go to school in San Francisco and you're interning there, you probably have like, you know, a dorm or whatever. But if you're coming from like Texas, you're talking about airplane ticket, having to relocate, you know, so on and so forth. So kind of, we're very much about equity and making sure that that's at the forefront. Super important, obviously. And, you know, this is a different kind of internship season. With COVID-19, how are you seeing interns being impacted and how is PayR interns addressing that? Yeah, so honestly, from early March, we started getting bombarded by, with interns being like, hey, I'm being terminated, you know, left and right. I'm getting kicked out of the dorms, you know, like, is there any funds to like fly back home? Like I'm about to go homeless, you know, like these things. Right. So we kind of just like looked at the trends and then with a company called Simba, we predicted that up to a million internships would be canceled. And some people thought it was like overblown and we even commissioned a poll and it showed that um, like 70% of folks had their internship terminated um, and 80% were scared about like, you know, their finances, having financial security this summer. So we said that, and you can look at the news, it actually has turned out to be the case where you have so many opportunities being um, you know, cut right now due to COVID. So in terms of kind of what we're doing, because at the end of the day, we are a small nonprofit, uh, is the way that we have gone about it is twofold. One is a campaign to like push organizations to say, hey, as opposed to cancel, why not go virtual? Because one of the reasonings for some places is like, well, we can't have anyone in the office, so let's just cut this. Because, you know, real talk, if some employers don't trust their employees to work from home, it's going to be much less for interns, right? Or they don't have the infrastructure. So that's one way. And that's where we work with Simba, which is an internship management platform, right? And then the second component is the internship relief fund. And this is something that we're really working really hard on. It's basically giving direct cash to interns that got the internship canceled, and you know, they need to pay bills. It's from um, $150 to $1,500. So those are kind of the two main ways that we've been focused on addressing this issue. And when you look at the population of, of 
of students that have been affected, what groups and what pockets do you see have been affected the most? I mean, you even, uh, you said you commissioned a poll around this, right? Yes, yes. So what we've seen, and it's honestly not surprising, is, you know, this obviously has impacted everyone. But the best way I can give it to you is there is a story of when a school closed down, right? Uh, the white girl student went back home and I think she found like some sort of internship or job that their, her parents helped her, you know, get. And then the Latina that was there on scholarship had to go back to working at like, I think it was like taco truck. And it just kind of just shows that like that big difference, that big gap. So I would say that it's disproportionately impacting communities of color and in particular Latinos. Um, that, you know, don't have the same wealth, don't have the same network. And so, yeah, that's what we're seeing. Yeah. And I mean, when we talk about wealth, it's also the intergenerational wealth, right? Yeah. Uh, this is a conversation that even I've had with my professional peers going to New York, doing an internship, which is something that I did. Yeah. Um, mine was paid. I could not afford to do an internship. And I'm sure there's many other people um, mm -hmm. in our community like that. Yeah. Um, because there's, there's a lack of intergenerational wealth, but most yeah. internships don't really account for that difference, for the fact that somebody with, with that kind of established wealth yeah. might be able to afford, have their parents pay for their housing, and on top of that, have a stipend on an unpaid internship. Yeah, and I just also wanna add, I think something that's very important is when you tell folks like, hey, you know, these internships are being canceled, these opportunities are gone, People are like, oh, that sucks, but like, okay, whatever. You know, like, I think sometimes folks view internships as like a book club that, you know, it's nice if you have it, but you don't really need it. And what we're seeing is that this is the vehicle that folks use not only to gain experience, but to like pay bills. And many of us Latinos not only pay our bills, but we actually contribute to the family. So I can tell you, we got a thousand applications from in the fund in four days. And a large percentage were Latinos, and we got that time, time again. Um, one of our recipients, her name is Lisbeth. She's based in Northern California. Her mom is um, undocumented house cleaner, and her internship got canceled, and her mom's hours got cut. So, you know, when she applied, she said, Hey, I need food not only for groceries, but to help a family of four. Or Daniela, who goes to UCLA, She's a DACA recipient that got furloughed right as she was graduating. So those intersections, I think, are really important to know. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great, it's a, it's, it's a very solid story that you bring up there. We tend to view, and, and this is obviously my perspective, internships yeah. as living in their own bubble, their own perfect little mm. learning bubble. Yep. And I feel like institutions do sometimes tend to forget that these bubbles are connected to lives. 100%. And people who are at wildly different socioeconomic statuses. Yeah. And so that speaks to your point, to your organization, the fact that socioeconomic status should not be a barrier to getting yeah. a great internship and down the line a great job, but yeah. yet it is. And I 100%. think this is, at the, this is at the intersection of and at the head of a lot of conversations that we're having yeah. right now around not only pay and internships, but also yeah. social injustice in, in the U.S., yeah. Um, I just want to add really quickly, because I think you brought a great point before we started this, talking about newsrooms. Uh, that I, think, I think that's something that's not talked enough. It's talked about, of course, by journalists of color, right? But in terms of like the mainstream, and I can give you the best example. A couple months ago, the New York Times came out with an op-ed, their editorial board said, it is time to you know, abolish legacy admissions. 
because you know disproportionately helps white people out of that but then a local um a newspaper actually did a research report and it showed that like the vast majority of folks that get internships at washington post new york times uh, uh wall street journal all go to ivy leagues so in some ways like that you're still recreating that like you're saying to this university don't do this but you're doing it in your own way so if you have just really rich people doing these internships they become the journalists and then they're the ones deciding what is seen as newsworthy and what is seen as not so no, you're totally right. A hundred percent. And that is a conversation that uh, people are having right now within the journalism world where yes. we talked about objectivity, right? Like yeah. we're taught objectivity in school, but really it's in the eye of the beholder and who's yes. at, the at the helm yeah. making these decisions. This is so important to the way that information is distributed across the country and, and yeah. the world. Um, so I guess my, my question to, to you, Carlos, here to wrap up the interview would be, it seems that the own onus is is not on the families. It's not on the students. It's definitely, absolutely on these people who have achieved a certain status, yeah. right? And obviously, like our community is part of it. People who have been able to break that yeah. socioeconomic barrier, but also on these organizations. How do we kind of make the connection? And how do the people, yeah. like perhaps you and I, right, like yeah. make that connection between these these communities that have all yeah. these barriers? and the people who have that privilege and have these positions? So I think it's twofold. Part of it is, it really is time for like corporations, uh, foundations to step up, you know? I don't know if you saw the Rosa, Hermine, like open your purse. Uh, that's what I like to say. But also I would talk about, you know, our own community. You, you, made, it, like, uh, you made a great point. Like there are some very successful Latinos and Latinas and I'm kind of like, where you're at? Where, like, where are you at? You keep on talking about, we need to do everything for the, gener you know, the future. And it's like, we're kind of destroying the future because that internship is that uh, pivot towards economic security. And for some of these Latinos and Latinas, they've gone through school, gone through college, they've overcome every obstacle and they're about to lose it all, you know, as they're reaching the finish line. That was Carlos Mark Vera. He's co-founder of Pay Our Interns. And if you want to make a donation or learn more about the organization, you can head over to payourinterns.org. We have work to do. Let's elevate the next generation of young professionals. But until next time, we're signing off.